Good evening, everyone. We have another episode of MSP Weekly's Roundtable presented by the Low Voltage Nation. If you would like to learn more about the Low Voltage Nation, you can find us at lvngold.com. And if you would like to save 30% on your membership, you can use the offer code TSCIT. And if you stick around until the end of the episode, we will have an offer code from one of our amazing sponsors, IT Pro TV. Now, let's get into the episode. Tonight, Ray, Marco, and I have a bunch of different topics we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to be recap our past few weeks. We're going to be talking about some awesome LVN news that's been coming up. And we're also going to touch on uh, different ways that we're able to bring in more revenue for our businesses, whether it be uh, upselling clients on different projects or different services that you can offer your clients. So let's get into it. How are we doing tonight, Ray? Hey, what's going on, Brandon? How are you doing, bud? Good, good, good. Another another crazy few weeks for me. How's things been going? Uh, I want to say a little bit of the same. I think we're <laughs> uh, we're all a little crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, what have you guys been up to? Um, what have we been up to? I mean, it's kind of been a, a bit of a whirlwind. So, we have been uh, we will do our fifth Libertas Freedom install since our last podcast two or three weeks ago. Wow. Um, so we are we're doing really well. That product's starting to really take off for us. We're doing two in the next two days, um, for clients in New Jersey. So we're looking forward to that. Um, other than that, just, just trying to keep our clients, uh, working remotely as safely as possible. How about you? Oh, I've been doing good. Um, well, that's one thing I do want to touch on with Libertas Freedom. I think there was a new product that you're, uh, using with a client this week that we've have brought you over to the dark side a little bit. I am back to the dark side. Yes. Uh, so the client has some uh, PCI compliancy regulations. So we are Meraki baby. We have awesome. put in some, yeah, we're implementing a uh, Meraki into that product line as well. Uh, normally that Libertas Freedom product, we rely on the USG because predominantly they're guest networks that we're, you know, yep. supporting. Uh, but now that we are going to have some patient critical information on these networks, we decided we are going to go with something a little bit more secure and we went the Meraki route. So happy to be playing with the router side as opposed to just the wireless. Yeah. So how, how are you liking it so far? I love it. Um, you know, I, I'm very familiar with Meraki. I um, always have used their wireless products for a very long time, um, but I've never really gotten into their routers. And, and I got to tell you, it was insanely simple to set up. I mean, just the the sheer fact that the one client that we're doing has two locations and I was able to just copy from one location to the other because their networks are identical. I mean, yeah. that saved me hours of configuration, which was great. So right. I like it a lot. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's been amazing for me. And I mean, as of right now, you haven't needed any support. But if you ever need support from Rocky, they are top notch. I mean, I think I've waited at the most 10 minutes on oh, hold. That's great. And I mean that again. That's during normal business hours, but I mean, come on, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, but I've I mean, been very happy with it. You know, the good news for you know us is I I've got all of Low Voltage Nation behind me. I can call you guys when I have issues, Absolutely. and see you know bounce ideas off of you guys. It's great. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's exactly what we're here for. That's uh, one of the many things that the Low Voltage Nation brings to the different gold members that we have. Um, so let's talk about my past few weeks. It's, uh, I don't even know what's happened the past few weeks. It's been, it's been absolute chaos. Uh, finally got 
the accounting firm that we've been working on for the past few months finally got their server in its final resting place. Um, so as most people know, you can do extensions on your taxes to October 15th. So they were kind of nervous slash couldn't really have the downtime of me shutting the server down, moving it into the uh, server room, getting everything set up. And I'll say this, this is my first foray into server 2019. I was under the impression it was going to be like 2016 when I shut these VMs down, let them do the reboot on the updates, shut the host down, do all this. I figured, okay, this is going to take me an hour, hour and a half to move everything into the server room, get it all booted back up, get everything hunky-dory. I rebooted both VMs, then shut down both VMs, shut down the host, moved the UPS, got everything all wired back in, moved the data appliance, got everything booted up, got the host up, the VMs up, everything done in 20 minutes. No kidding. That's insane. I mean, 2019 is a lifesaver if you have been on 2016 forever. I mean, I had a customer that had a scheduled power outage, uh, was it about a month ago? And I'm not joking. It took 45 minutes to an hour to reboot his VMs because of just updates that needed to be installed. And I mean, we were kind of on a little bit of a time crunch with everything going on. Uh, so that was fun and stressful. <laughs> um, and what I've kind of noticed is when you reboot the 2016 boxes, they have to continue to download more portions of the update. And this client's on a 20 by 20 fiber connection. So you can imagine where some of that slowness is coming in. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, well, What's that? That's 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 really good to hear because you know I really was not impressed with 2016 at all. I mean, right. 2012 to 2016, in my opinion, was an exercise in Microsoft's ability to make things way more cumbersome than it needs to be. Absolutely. I mean, my one thing that I loved about 2016 over 2012, the start menu. Can can we talk about that? They gave us back the start menu in 2016. Well, can I, mean, I it was second kind of... that one, Brandon? No. <laughs> we, we can fifth it if you'd like. Um, it was like yeah. they gave us our powers back, you know? Right. Yeah. It was that whole thing. You know, it was the same thing with like Windows ME. I'm sorry, not Windows ME. What was it? Uh, wasn't it was Windows 8 when they yeah, took it away Windows. and they brought it back with Windows 10. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like, come on. I mean, they were trying to make everything look like their mobile platform. It was absolute garbage. Right. So right. it's a good thing that they they brought us the start button back. Although, do they call it the start button? What is it called? The task button now? Or I, I don't know. I, I, Who the hell knows what they call it? <laughs> I mean, back in the Windows 8 days, how many times did you have to install the uh, classic start menu? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I want to see the meatball. Bring it back. Oh my gosh. That was like a classic occurrence for my father. Whenever, whenever somebody would bring in a Windows 8 box, like, I don't know how to use this thing. That would be the first thing that my father would do would be install the classic start menu for the residential clients that we have. Nice. But yeah, that was one of the many things I've been working on. I uh, finished up a client, moving them over to our 3CX phone systems and was able to rip out all of the uh, windstream equipment, which they couldn't have been happier to rip all that out. And we cleaned up their whole rack, got everything nice and pretty, posted those on Instagram. And one of the things that I thought was hilarious is we went from five foot patch cables to six inch patch cables in this rack. And mind you, this is a eight U rack and they put five foot patch cables in this rack. 
And um, the the other funny thing was, so it's one of my best friends that we did the project for. And I was talking to her. She goes, I can't believe this. I got to ship all this crap back to Windstream. And it's just a, a giant pain in the butt. I got to take it all the way to UPS and da, 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 da. They were shipping it to their office that's four miles from her office. Oh and they God. refused to let her bring it to them. Refused. So I hope that you did the right thing. And instead of using bubble wrap and newspaper, you wrapped it in the eight foot patch cords. Oh, she jammed every single patch cord she could find in those boxes. Well, then you're good. You're safe. It's perfect. And, it's all that matters. And it's an all work system. She was, she was not gentle with the phones because she's been the administrator of that all work system for four years. And she is so happy to get rid of that thing. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been a fun day. And I mean, the other issue I've been dealing with as always, I don't know if you guys notice this, but clients not telling you things like when they hire people and expect you to have them set up in two minutes. Oh, a new person started today. Uh, good. Where are they going? <laughs> we don't have any network drops there. We don't have a computer there. We don't have a phone there. Would you like that done today? So it's just, uh, you know, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's normal. Um, we, uh, we, we just like to call them our happy clients. That's all. Right. And I mean, the only thing that goes in my favor, I mean, computers are easy. As we know, we have access to tons and tons and tons of used machines. So I can throw something in temporarily and get them up and running, but I, I don't stock tons of phones. So that's the one headache usually. But we have an amazing, amazing supplier out of Buffalo uh, called 888 VoIP. And I can get phones in one day. I mean, it's Buffalo to Rochester. It's simple. Worst comes to worst. If it was an emergency emergency, I just drive to Buffalo and go get the phones. So, I mean, that's that's been a, a lifesaver many a times. So what about you, Marco? How's the past few weeks been? Well, they've been interesting. That's for sure. You know, with uh, between construction and, you know, our phone system stuff getting taken care of with some new clients and some uh, some wiring jobs that, uh, you know, people like to change cubicles on us in the middle of it and say, oh, by the way, we changed these. That was nice. Thanks for the heads up, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's been fun. That's one of the funny things you say that. So uh, one of our gold members posted in the LVN Slack, I think it was today, he was doing a quote and he was like, yeah, I don't know if this seems right, but they want um, four different drops in an office. And I go, honestly, from the IT person's perspective, I want drops on all four walls in an office because you never know where the customer is going to want to put their desk. And I mean, how many situations have you guys been in where, okay, I put the drop here. This is where the desk is going to go. And once the customer moves in, the desk is on the opposite wall. And now you're having to try to figure out how to cable manage the patch cable from the wall plate on the other wall across the room to where the desk and the computer actually are. Oh, or how about, how about they lay out the cubicles before you can finish up the data drops and now you can't get behind the cubicles because they're L desk and they're so gosh darn heavy. Yeah. You can't move anything. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, uh, that's the one thing that I love about most of the projects we do is I'm the IT person and the guy doing the wiring. So I can kind of think in my mind how we're going to lay everything out. 
I mean, a lot of the jobs you're doing, Marco, you're going off of plans. Like people are telling you where to put these drops. You're not being able to give your two cents or, or are you? Uh, it's, it's cut. You know, it, it depends. It really depends. Like this one that I'm talking about recently, you know, it's, we had the drawings, but they weren't updated. <laughs> so you go and you wire it and then they come in, you know, the, the internal IT guy says, Oh, well, uh, we changed the cubicle layout. Here's the new drawing. I said, but we're in October. When did you guys want to change it? Oh, we changed it last week. I'm like, but everything's wired already. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, right. these people don't think that those runs are 280 feet. And now you have to account for the difference. You know, it's right. I mean, hey, everybody's got their profession. But at the same time, common courtesy for for uh, changes to drawings and layouts and full floors of office space are helpful when uh, <laughs> all parties involved are notified, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like uh, all three of us have had a very fun and eventful past few weeks since our last podcast. So on that note, I think we have some really nice LVN news to talk about. Um, I think we can kick it off with the latest uh, LVN gold vendor that we have, and that is Klein Tools. And uh, sounds like we got some interesting things that could be coming down the pipeline with Klein Tools. I mean, this is a huge vendor to have part of the LVN. I mean, these guys set the gold standard in low voltage and electrician tools. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have a ton of Klein tools and have for years. And I mean, my father's been in the electrical game, whether it be circuit boards or wiring houses or doing this and that since the seventies. And he swears by Klein. Yeah, they make a great product. And, you know, my last name is Klein, spelled differently. But for me, I get that whole built in. I can say those are my tools. It's my name on it. So, you know, I kind of enjoy that. Right. Now you know how I feel about Weber grills. Exactly. I mean, you guys make <laughs> phenomenal grills. I mean, I've got two of them. I love them. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to talk about some of the other uh, new gold vendors that we have. But maybe let's touch on uh, two different rack vendors that we have now. Yeah, Chatsworth and uh, is it Naver? Nav Point. Nav Point. Nav Point. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, I think having Chatsworth and, you know, Nave or Nav or whatever we're going to call it, we're just going to say Nave Point, or I'm going to say Nave Point. Having them both, it's great because I think, you know, the Nave Point is that great base model rack. You know, if you're putting in a 9U rack or you're putting in a smaller rack, I think it's at a great price point. Whereas if you're doing the big open larger racks, I think the Chatsworth is, is pretty much our gold standard. And, I, you know, you look at guys like, you know, Pierce and Chris and those guys and Mason, that's what they're using all over the place. So, you know, having those guys on board to help us, you know, I, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, no, I mean, this is this is great. Uh, we've been able to do a hot seat with uh, Chatsworth. And we're able to sit down, talk to people about their products and talk about some of the different things that Chatsworth can give you. I mean, you can actually go to Chatsworth and spec out a rack exactly how you need it, which is amazing. Um, I know Chris has been doing some work with Chat, uh, Chatsworth. He got one of their uh, NEMA rated racks that has an air conditioner built into it, which I mean, come on, that's that's pretty nice. I haven't seen one of those since uh, the days of the APC net shelters. Right. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, so he's he's building out his new warehouse, and he's got one of those racks in there, so I can't wait to hear his review on that one. Um, some of the other things that are going on, one of our great LVN Gold members, Kyle Baker, he has a uh, new program that he's working on where he's actually mentoring people in the trade of low voltage. So he's bringing in people that are interested in getting into low voltage work and he's starting a mentorship program and we're going to be working hand in hand with, with the LVN and uh, Kyle on that program. And that's, uh, that's an exciting thing. I'm, I'm really excited to see how that goes. Yeah, I definitely want to see the details. I mean, Kyle is all over the place in our Slack channel asking a million questions and they're all great questions and that's what we're here for. So it, it, it's good if he's passing all that knowledge on and, you know, he's willing to show people hands-on what to do to kind of build their business. I think it's, that's pretty key. I mean, that's what really, it's what we're all about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one other piece of LVN news that I wanted to talk about is Ray's fundraiser called Santa Ray. Ray, take it away. Well, there we go. I, uh, let's, let's talk about Santa Ray, the fundraiser. So sure. Uh, I grew up in uh, inner city Catholic school in Philadelphia um, and back then Catholic schools were the way to go. Public schools weren't so great in Philadelphia as I'm sure they are in many inner cities. And I was fortunate enough to be able to go to a Catholic school. And one of my fondest memories of being in a Catholic school was Santa Claus would come and visit, visit the children, visit us. So my mother, who is still a teacher in the same school that I went to as a child, um, her and I sat down one day and we were talking about it. She goes, do you remember when Santa used to come to town? I'm like, yeah, why isn't the school doing it now? I'm like, why don't I come to school dressed as Santa and I'll read the, the kids a story, you know, we'll take some pictures, things like that. That was about five years ago. And ever since then, I thought, why not make it a fundraiser? Why not find ways to bring funds to the school? And over the last few years, it's built up to last year, we were able to get about $7,000, give or take, in donations, which, you know, goes to purchasing whatever the students need. Uh, this year, we're focusing that fundraiser on purchasing Chromebooks because obviously with virtual learning, they're they're very needed. In fact, in Philadelphia right now, St. Helena Incarnation still needs in excess of 500 Chromebooks. So we're trying to raise money. And, and by doing that, since we cannot go on site, you know, shake hands, kiss baby, so to speak, I am doing two virtual dance parties where I'm going back to my old DJ roots, Brandon. I know you can, <laughs> I know you can attest to those. Yep. Uh, going back to DJing again, and we're going to do two virtual dance parties that we're going to stream live uh, October 30th, which is coming up in another week. And then we're doing another one the Friday after Thanksgiving, which I believe is the 27th. So, you know, you obviously can't walk up to the DJ booth and, you know, make a request, but what we're doing is we're taking virtual requests in the form of $5 donations and sponsorships. You pretty much just, you know, make a small donation and tell us what you want played, and we're going to play it live. It's going to be a lot of fun. And where will you be uh, live streaming at? So we opened up a Twitch account, um, but everything is posted up on my Facebook, uh, my Instagram, things like that. So if you're looking for that information, you know, we'll get it out to the community and, you know, we'll share it with everyone. But it, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. I can't wait. I'll definitely have to check it out. Maybe I'll uh, keep one of the girls up late and we can uh, watch it together. So that's no, really exciting. Fun. Yeah, that's really yeah, exciting. It'll be fun. So let's jump into uh, our topic for tonight. And uh, this is one of the things that you brought up is how to generate higher revenue with existing clients. 
So I know you have a few different things you wanted to touch on if you want to kick it off for us. Yeah. And the core of my business has always been the focus on technology that improves your business, but also saves you money. So there are so many pieces of technology that we can put in, whether it is software, hardware that makes your business more efficient, but can also save you money. And I know, Marco, your business is super efficient on this as well. So we've got some parallels. Um, one of the things we like to do, and it, we can sell it as a service or for our existing clients, is we find cost savings by doing a full IT audit. And we can either charge you a percentage of that savings. So let's just say it's a 5% fee. If we save you $10,000, we're going to take 5% of that as our fee. So it never costs you anything. You get the savings and we get a percentage of that. Or we can charge it as a flat rate fee. And what that looks like is we come into your business and we assess everything. It's your hardware. It's your software. It's all your licensing. It's it's everything that your business uses on a day-to-day basis from a technology standpoint. And we chart it out for you. We say, this is what you've got. And we make changes and we make recommendations on changes. Certain things that are that we find save the most money is people use the wrong licensing. So take a particular version of Office 365, for example. I have clients that are using a $20, $25 version of Office 365 when they need the $9 version. You know, that right off the bat is saving you half of that license cost. So, you know, you imagine that cost savings if you're a 10, 20, 30 person office, what we right. can save you over that year. So are you guys doing anything like that in either one of your businesses where you're doing something similar? Oh, yeah. I mean, when I when I come into a client, and I mean, we've talked about this before, if I'm brought in for just even one thing, so if I'm brought in to install a point-to-point or just install a Wi-Fi access point, I'll look at the overall business and kind of sit down with the customer and start suggesting different things. And I mean, I, I use that as a tool to improve the relationship with the customer, save them money, but also roll in a our managed services package, not just come in and say, okay, you're going to do managed services and this is what we're going to do. No, I try to look at the overall business and, and start the relationship with the customer, whether it be, okay, we did this point to point for you. And then I look at the rack, okay, well, let's do a rack cleanup and then just kind of tailor it from there. One thing that I love doing, and I do this often is checking their, uh, I mean, 90% of the people in our area are on spectrum, but I'll check their spectrum bill because 99% of the time they're paying a plan that was like seven, eight years old. And now it's three times cheaper than what it is. I mean, I went into a, a convenience store and installed a Unify protect system for them. And I looked at their spectrum bill. They had a 10 meg circuit. I mean, this has got to be what, 2008, 2007, that Spectrum had that. And they were paying $150 a month for it. I came in and was able to slash that bill in half and get them up to a 200 meg circuit. So, I mean, I, I try to do that all the time, whenever we can. And I mean, it, it builds that relationship and it's like, okay, we're not here to we're not here to cost you money. We're here to build that relationship, save you money. And I also spell it as, okay, if we do X, Y, and Z, this is also going to improve your business and allow you to sell more. I mean, that's a big avenue that I try to go in 
is go to the owner and say, okay, if we change these processes here, that's going to allow you to work faster. And this is going to allow you to churn over more revenue, yep. which is and, huge. And, and most people don't look at staffing patterns as a way to save money. But to, the reality of it is if you've got an employee using a computer that's 10 years old, they've lost half their you know, day in productivity. If you give them a new device that costs you a couple hundred bucks, you got that employee back for eight hours. I mean, it's, it's just things like that that right. you know aren't necessarily falling under the scope of IT. It's just good business practice that we bring right. those solutions. Right. And I know you don't do a lot with phones, but uh, Marco, you do. One thing that I try to do is think about ways to use the IVR to streamline business processes also. So 90% of the businesses, especially in medical, they're getting phone calls for very mundane things. What's your hours? What's your fax number? What's your address? That's option one on almost all my IVRs, hours, address, and fax number. And that probably reduces 10 to 15% of their call volume on a daily basis, which is huge. Now they can focus on working with their customer or working with their patient or or, or whatever. I mean, it, it definitely streamlines things than just having it directly ring in. And that's one thing I always try to focus on is what are the different ways that we can streamline business practices? And, and you bring up a good point, Brandon. You know, it's funny. A lot of, I feel recently, a lot of places are looking to do not necessarily doctor's office or medical, but offices in general. Now they like to have the, the calls ring to the desk or to the reception groups because now people want instant satisfaction to talk to somebody, right? Like, hey, I'm right. going to come in today. You know, again, you know, reiterating COVID as well, you have it now where you a lot of places you have to call so right, right. they don't want to have the ivrs but I, I get exactly what you're saying and, and more on your your point as well you know we do a similar model where when when i get into a client's space whatever it may be if i'm looking at a camera if i'm looking at maybe even their phone system you know you, you make the opportunity present itself in in a way where you know oh are you guys happy with your phone phone service you know uh we, of course, offer that service, but you never try to sales pitch them because nobody likes a sales pitch when it's a salesman giving it, you know, and you try to, of course, relay and say, hey, look, I'm more than happy to look at it for you. The opportunity to save you some money is not going to cost you anything in the forefront of things. Right. So it's uh, and usually when you approach it that way, a lot more customers are open to it because it's it's not a sales pitch. It's more like an analytical purpose like you said, Brandon, with, let me look at your bill to see if you are on an old plan that's seven years old, that you're still paying three times the price as everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when I also go in, I try to make sure on that first meeting that even if we're not selling you all of our services, you know what all of our services are. Um, I mean, uh, the accounting firm that I was at last night that we did the server move, they have an all work system. They don't have a phone tech for that all work system anymore. And they have three more people that they're hiring and they don't have any more phones. They don't know how to attach it to the phone system or anything. And they know from the day that I initially met with them, hey, we also do phones. So I spent an extra half an hour, 45 minutes last night talking to them about a new all work system. And they have another company that they're starting for um, tax software. And they have a couple members all throughout the U.S. And they were looking at different phone system options and I think for the three phones, somehow they found a plan that was $150 a month. So we're going to be able to bring in a 3CX system 
and have both companies on the one system. So they're not paying for two separate systems, reduces that bill and allows them to have people all over the U.S. and and do it. And it's all because I mentioned from day one that, hey, I know you have a phone system right now, but if you ever need one, we can also help you out with that. I mean, that that's always been huge. And, and other things that are nice, too, with that is a lot of times as systems adapt and change, you know, for example, like a like we use um, we white label hosted PBX platform on our end. And what's nice is as the systems get upgraded, you can sometimes do a no cost upgrade to the customer. And now they have all these features. So, again, I, I, I know I reflect COVID a lot, but it's it's a valid use case where. We upgrade a lot of these customers from, let's say, like a 2.0 to a 3.0, and now they have all these feature-rich, purpose-built technologies built into their phone system at no added cost. Right. And it's just another thing like, wow, why didn't we do this 10 years ago? Right, right. So the other thing that I've been doing, especially with COVID, is going to some of our customers that have free PBX phone systems that I'm hosting on different servers, whether it be Dell, HP, or, or whatever, and I'm going to them and saying, hey... I'll pull this system out of here because I mean, I can resell that server for whatever and you pay for the hosting. I'll cover your first year license and I'll cover your raspberry Pi that you need as your session border controller. And I'll do the full upgrade for free. And that's been huge. I mean, I make it back on the back end and I mean, I can quickly spin up a three CX system fairly quickly and just copy all their settings over. And, and that's been huge. And with that, I mean, that really has shown leaps and bounds of the customer. Like, hey, we're standing here behind you. And we've actually gotten a lot of extra work off of that just from word of mouth. So it's always thinking, okay, if I take maybe this little loss here, or if I do this this way for the customer, that's going to benefit you in the long run. Maybe not with that customer, but maybe with somebody that they work with that they're recommending you to. And I think a lot of our models are the same, Brandon. I mean, Marco, I know just from conversations with him, he's doing very similar things where, you know, he's taking the existing client and giving them a better solution for them at, at no cost. And, you know, it's great that you're doing that for your clients too. And it, it, at the end of the day, that trust that you're building is worth more in the long run than, than whatever we could possibly charge them to do that implementation. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's that been the big thing with the, uh, again, I have to talk about the accounting firm. Once I started working with them, my main point of contact there goes, "How? give me a giant stack of business cards because every single client that comes in here, we're giving a business card to because you've been amazing with us and you've held our hand through this whole process. You found ways to streamline our business model. You found ways to fix a lot of our headaches that no one else has been able to do everybody else just comes in and says, this is your solution, deal with it. But you sat down, listened to our problems and figured out the best way to implement it for us. Yeah, no, and 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 that's key. I mean, trust is worth more than anything else, in my opinion. Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, so an, another thing that we'd like to talk about is, I mean, Marco, you're a little bit in the fringe on this one because you do everything, but... I know for me, I partner with uh, a really great phone and uh, wiring vendor. So, I mean, there's some projects that I can't take on by myself. That I just don't have the time doing all my MSP work to go in and do like a 100 drop office. I mean, I'm 
only one person. Uh, so I partner with an amazing phone tech and he'll also help me with camera systems and all that type of stuff. But because I give him these different projects here and there, he doesn't do any IT work. So whenever something comes up that is over his head or they don't like their IT company, or they don't have an IT company. I've been able to come in and work with him directly and help out his customers. And that's really benefited us over the past few years. I don't know if you have any relationships like that too, Ray. I mean, I'm, I'm talking to two guys that I have those relationships with. Um, that's true. So, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I work very closely with Marco. Uh, obviously, I don't do phones. I want no parts of doing phones. Uh, but we are selling that service to our clients. So I've reached out to, you know, Marco and his team to help us with that. Um, you know, also security. It was a business that I did for years. And I, it's just not in my core of, in my wheelhouse. So anytime I get, you know, an access controller, a camera system, you know, we'll help program it, design it and, yep. and, you know, kind of implement it. But at the end of the day, I want a company like Marco supporting that because it's, it's not, it's not in my business model to do those things. I'm like you, I'm a one man shop running an MSP. I, I need to be there for those clients. I, I can't be in the ceiling pulling cable for cameras. It just takes away from what I'm trying to do. Right. I mean, I badger Marco at least every few weeks to open up his Western New York branch because I really need a vendor like him up here that I can go to my clients and say, hey, we can offer everything else that you need, whether it be access control or alarms or fire or or whatever. I mean, I, I definitely need a trusted vendor up here for that side. And I just that's one thing I haven't found yet is a trusted vendor on the alarm side. I'm trying, Brandon. I'm trying. <laughs> it's not off the table yet. Oh my well, god! I mean, and it, it's, it's frustrating. My my friend's company, they're in a specific field that they need to work hand in hand with an alarm tech, and the company that they work with got mad at them because I got the phone system over them. I mean, their main business is phone systems, and they do alarms also. They got mad that. I got the phone system over them and they're like, well, this, this could hurt our relationship. I don't know if we can work with you now. And it's just, come on guys. It, you're going to, you're going to cry over a couple thousand dollar phone system when you have a contract to support all their alarm systems. It's just, uh, yeah, that, that irked me when that happened. And that's a, that's a young foolish mentality. They'll, they'll get past it or they won't be in business long enough to have to worry about getting past that. So we'll see how right. that goes. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I've I've learned to make um, my quote unquote enemies my best friends. You know, I, I always say there's, you know, you're not an en enemy in this industry unless you become an enemy, because right. at a fault, everybody should just be getting along and playing along nicely in the in the sandbox, as they say. Well, I mean, that's that's how it was up here in the early '90s when, like, the personal computer game was just starting to build. My father had no supplier. He didn't have a DNH or an Ingram or uh, my labs. He was actually buying his parts from another local computer store in the early 90s. And that's how he was selling computers to his customers was buying parts from another local store. And I mean, we still work with them every once in a while, 20 years later, and we've built a great, great relationship with them. And, and it's just funny that the companies that worked together in the early nineties in our area are the only ones left. Um, the ones that decided to be very cutthroat 
and not play nice with anybody and talk dirty about all the other companies in town are the ones that have gone bankrupt or have disappeared. So it's just, it's, it's funny how that, how that goes. I mean, it's, what is it? It's better to catch bees with honey than vinegar or however that phrase goes. But I mean, it's, it's played true up here. I think it plays true anywhere. Again, you're, you're always going to have those, those bad apples, so to speak, or those, those bad people that kind of just want to trample on everybody else. But I mean, if you're working with reputable companies, I mean, you're not going to have problems. You're really not. Right. 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 So, so on that note of hardware and how my father back in the nineties was buying from a local company, how do you guys handle hardware with your customers? I mean, one way that we are able to make, I mean, the margins are so thin nowadays because of your new eggs and your Amazons and all that, but we still like to buy the equipment for our customers. One reason being we're going to stand behind that product that we're ordering Two, I know that that product is the right product. And three, I can, I can make a little bit more of a margin on it, buying it myself and putting it in for the customer. Do you guys buy a lot of your products? I knew, I know Marco, there's some specific things that you have to buy that the customer can't buy, but when it comes down to computers, Wi-Fi routers, all that type of stuff, are you supplying that to your customers and, and reselling that hardware? Or are you just say, here's the Amazon link, go, go pick it up and we'll set it up for you. Uh, I mean, on, on our end, uh, I don't like to really, if I'm going to install. Oh, I think we lost him. I think we lost him. <laughs> oh, there he goes. He's back. Is, uh, if it's, uh, sorry. No problem. <laughs> I think one of my, uh, one of my Bluetooth uh, died it out there. I apologize. <laughs> no problem. Technology at its best. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't like to say, Hey, you know, here, we're going to provide the, the cabling for your camera job. And then you're going to buy the hardware. I am a big proponent of, I want to be your one-stop shop. I don't want to have to worry about parts being wrong or, or, or something defective out of the box. And then you have to give it back to the client and they have to go get it. I like to make things as seamless and simple as possible for, for everyone involved. So whether, it's a computer, whether it's an alarm system, you know, we, we get customers all the time. Oh, can you install a ring alarm system? And it's like, I, I would love to, but my luck, it's, it's going to end up, something's going to happen. And it's not going to work. And then you're going to come back and yell and scream at me because for all intents and purposes, it's a consumer product. It's not a commercial or an integrator grade device. So that's the long answer. But in short, I like to try to give the customer a full package solution. So if it's, whether it's, you know, a single phone or a single access point, I would rather have everything purchased on our end. That way we know it's warranted. We know it's authentic and it's guaranteed from us because we sold it to them complete. Right. Right. And I know like people will touch on ubiquity, for example, because customers can just go on Amazon and buy ubiquity products. But what a lot of the customers don't realize is some of these manufacturers will void the warranty depending on what vendor you're buying it from on Amazon. And I mean, that that's another big thing of buying it through your trusted IT vendor is going to ensure that you're not going to have any warranty issues because, yeah, we buy it at a specific price. If it's $25, $30 less on Amazon, 
there's something a little skittish about that. <laughs> that I don't know if you can if you can trust that. And the manufacturers are are wising up to that and saying, okay, if you bought it from Joe Salesman on Amazon, no, we're we're not going to cover that warranty. Uh, so I mean, that's that's one of the big things is ensuring that the warranties are taken care of. I mean, in my realm, being in the MSP world, it's ensuring that customers don't buy Windows 10 Home. I mean, it's hilarious how many times I'll argue with a customer and they'll ultimately buy the computer themselves and they'll have a domain. They order the computer themselves and it comes in with home. Nowadays, it's not the end of the world because we can go into the Microsoft store and upgrade it to Pro for $99. But back in the Windows 7 days, it was either ship the machine back or I have to go buy a Windows 7 Pro license and reload the thing with Windows 7 Pro. I mean, it's just the customers don't think about the the headache and the cost of them wasting their time doing this stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, agreed. Agreed. I mean, now now you're looking at even though that upgrade is easy and it is $99 and, and we see it all the time, but now you've spent an hour of my time or your time. Right. So by the time we're done upgrading that machine, you could have purchased the one that we told you to and saved some money at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. I mean... the. The, the other funny thing, too, on, on that note is customers trying to set the machines up themselves, which has happened to me a few times. I've had uh, clients have Office 365, but they're also a domain. And you know in Windows 10 when it comes and says, do you want to connect to a personal or a business account? They'll pick business attached to their Office 365, and then I spend half an hour disjoining it from Office 365, disjoining it from Azure, redoing the whole configuration, getting it onto their domain. I'm just like, you could have just done this out of the box. I could have got this all prepped. Now you just paid me for an extra hour, hour and a half to just do the initial prep that would have been done if you bought the machine from us or let me set it up initially. I tell people all the time, and it's my line, I'm not a plumber. I don't pretend to be. So I don't expect you to be an IT person. Let right. me do what I'm here for. We'll right. take care of you. Right. And on the note of uh, of hardware and upgrades and all that, when you do your audits for these customers, do you go in and look at the machines and say, hey, th this is a decent machine. It's it's an i5, say, fifth, sixth gen. It's got eight gig of RAM, but it's got a spinning disk. Do you go into those customers and say, hey, for 100, 150 bucks, we can go get a Samsung SSD. We can clone this hard drive, drop that SSD in there. And it's one, going to give you more longevity out of the machine. And it's going to improve the performance of the machine, speed you up, allow you to work faster, allow things to respond better. So you're going to the customer and saying, hey, we can save you some money here. You're going to get the sale. You're going to make that extra money. And you're going to build that relationship with the customer that you're looking out for them, making sure that their machines are performing as best they can. Yeah, absolutely. And there's there's large margins and in reference to selling a computer by doing exactly just that. We replace a lot of, you know, mechanical drives with solid state drives, you know, the drives cost us 125 bucks, 150 bucks, depending upon what we're purchasing. But it's also a couple billable hours for us. Whereas if we're just purchasing and setting up a computer, what are you getting a half hour to an hour out of that at best? Right. And maybe a couple bucks on the machine. Yep. So there's absolutely better margins. You're saving the customer money because instead of spending 750, 800 bucks on another machine, they're spending a couple hundred dollars to let that computer live another maybe two years. Right. It, it gets them over that hump, especially if they've not purchased hardware in a while. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, 
different other ways to upsell customers is you go in and do an Office 365 deployment and you sit down and talk to the customer. Okay, what are some of the other things you guys might need? So for medical, they might need email encryption. So that's a little package that you can sell. And depending on who you're with, that could be a nice little small monthly recurring revenue for you is that encryption license or they need archiving for whatever type of compliance or they need a better spam filter. I mean, Office 365, I mean, one of the headaches is the stupid, stupid phishing emails that people fall for all the time that say, you have this OneDrive attachment, you have this Excel document, you have this thing, and they go to a fake Office 365 login and get their credentials fished, trying to say, okay, hey, we can stop this as best we can. Let's throw an a-, a better filter in there. One, you're protecting the customer more. And two, you're getting the gained monthly recurring revenue. I know that's huge for you, Ray. Oh, it's, 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 it's huge for me. And, you know, we were doing the math. We upgraded all of our clients from one version of the spam filtering service to another. And it ended up on average costing our clients one to maybe $2 more per seat. But, you know, for me to be able to, you know, charge that additional one to $2 a month, easy math. If I have a hundred clients and I charge them another $1 as an additional hundred dollars a month, you know, in recurring revenue, $1,200 a year. Again, very small potatoes if you think about it. Right. But we're not talking a hundred licenses. We're talking a few hundred, right. maybe even thousands of licenses for some of the MSPs that are listening to this. If you can make simple, very small changes to existing clients, you can build up that revenue real quickly. Right. A- a- absolutely. I mean, that, that that's, that's huge. Now, I mean, you're in a different game than us, Marco, but what are some of the ways that you're able to come in and, I mean, I hate to use the word upsell, but I mean, that's true. Uh, Upsell some of the products that you guys deploy. Is is it looking at different avenues of, okay, with this camera system, if we put in this camera, you can do X, Y, and Z versus this camera that can only do ABC? Uh, There's a couple different avenues that we use. Uh, A big big portion of that is uh, cloud video surveillance, right? There's very few companies right now that do it correctly or do it well. And a lot of customers don't really understand, like, why would that be a necessity? But uh, a big problem that people have is they have existing systems that are out in kind of the open, right? They don't have them in a room like you brought up earlier, Brandon, uh, a convenience store, for example, right? There's very limited space. And most convenience stores, they're behind the register. Yeah. So if someone comes in and, God forbid, they hold up the place, they usually go and grab that recorder right out of the same thing. So uh, we've had a couple customers, whether they're convenience stores, uh, gas stations, and they've had issues where ex-employees, uh, robberies, theft, they come in and they, they smash and grab, right, as, yep. as we call it. And they don't even realize that if they had a cloud-based surveillance system, they would have been safe because it all would have been offloaded in the cloud and they would have seen everything happen. And that's one way to really upsell it on uh, on the security side. I mean, going back to kind of like what you guys say, when, when we have certain licensing, depending on it, you know, we're, we do a lot of uh, G Suite, which we all know how the three of us are with that. <laughs> <laughs> Me more so than everybody else. But, um, you know, it's 
it's taking a look at those customers and, and doing those, whether they're monthly or quarterly reviews of the accounts. I mean, we have some customers where, you know, they're, they're for example, real estate offices, right? A lot of people don't even realize that they have licenses for these applications and they're saying, oh, well, so-and-so left eight months ago. And then you say to them, well, I, how was I supposed to know? I don't, <laughs> I don't come here and check it all the time. <laughs> right. So, you know, you, you do catch it. Like you guys were saying earlier, you, you can sometimes catch it. And then people are like, oh, wow, I didn't even think about it. Or it, it, it comes across where maybe you have an alarm system in place and let's take a residence, for example, and they have just a basic alarm system. And they're like, oh, well, we were thinking about adding cameras. And you're like, well, great. We can tie it in seamlessly into the single app that you're using now for your alarm. And you can have all the cloud recordings and you can have all your cameras in one interface and you can have it trigger other events. So when they start to hear all these feature rich enhancements, then they're like, oh, what else can we do? So I hate to say it's like it's like you you are giving someone the bait because you're not and I and I'm not a salesman by any means. I'm a a realist to a point of if it's something that I think it's purpose built and it will benefit that customer, then I mention it to them. You know, I, I never like to try to again give that typical sales pitch because it, we use it every day. So right. if you use it every day and it works. You want other people to know that it, it's something that's going to benefit their business, their home, protect their family, or aid in their daily life. I mean, how easy is it to have a, a geofence location on an application, and then they leave their house and everything happens? You know, it, it's it's technology at its best and technology at its worst. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that that's that's awesome. I mean. That's that's kind of how I treat my customers is I, I'm not a salesperson. I never say I am. I never want to be one. I just kind of look at the business if I owned it or if I owned that house, how would I do things? How would I protect my my family? How would I protect the my products in my business? And I, I look at it from that perspective. I'm not looking at it of, okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, I can make a quick hundred thousand dollars and just be out of here. No, I, I, I also look long game. I mean, I know we're talking about upselling different products, but I kind of like to look the long game with my customers. If we can create this relationship and I can show you that I'm here to help you and I can get a customer for 15 years, I would rather have that than have a customer that we do a one-time job for. And that's been my saving grace since day one. I mean, I've lost maybe two or three customers in my 15 years. And I was at a customer's today that I've been working with for 14 years. And yeah, I will give them a freebie here and there. But in the long run, I have a customer for 15 years. I have a customer for life. And that that's another way that I kind of look at things of, upselling the customer, but over many years, you know what I mean? Well, and you build that trust, you know, you instill that with them and, and that's very hard to find, you know, even right. nowadays, especially like for the big portion of our business on the multi-tenant high rise side, you know, you get these contractors and they, unfortunately, somebody must have muddied the waters because 
they always think they're that you're out trying to just make a buck. Right. And I always tell everybody one of the key statements within the company name is consultants. So yep. we have, and it goes out the bid and, you know, of course there's a, there's a cost to that for the client or the developer, but at least they're getting a quality built design with the drawings and they give us a fair shot at bidding the job like anybody else, you know? And it's, it's rare that we get to do that often because again, a lot of people don't think that whether it's, I, I guess, whether they think it's a good business model or if they think that you're just going to put in what you can get, you know, and nobody else, but it's no, it's no way to really work. You know, right. everybody's in business to, to be in business and to make money and be fair about it. That's it. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. always tell everybody, I mean, I've, I've been doing this 20 years. My father's been doing it 60 years and we don't have a bad reputation for anything. You know, we're always honest people. And that's, I think one of the biggest things that customers always say about us, Oh, they may be a little more expensive than the other guy or, or this or that, but they're always fair and honest. I mean, that's, that's big. You know, that's like the old, old saying of when, you know, you have contracts now, back then you had a handshake. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is kind of throwing a customer a bone too. Um, Maybe you go over there for a free quick visit or you take their computer in and just do something quickly. Don't charge them for it. That speaks to the customer leaps and bounds more than anything else. I mean, the a $20 thing to us could be like the world to that customer. And you now have a customer for life. And I, I do still do that every once in a while where I'll just run over, take care of something quick and there's no bill. And the customer just thinks so happy for me for doing that because a lot of these bigger guys out there that are the huge MSPs, they charge you nickel and dime for every little thing. They, they walk in the door and they say hi to you and it's a, it's a hundred dollars. Right. With, with an hour minimum, you know? Right. So if you go in yeah. and it takes you 15 minutes to fix something and, and they recognize that it's, it's a win-win overall. I mean, yeah, it, it's a double-edged sword too. If they don't recognize it, and it's, right, and they don't remember it for next time. But hey, it's a flip of a coin, right? Absolutely, yeah. And one thing that we didn't touch on, and I, I'm shocked that we skipped over it: cloud backups. I mean, that is the biggest thing for monthly recurring revenue is selling your customers on cloud backups. I mean, that's a lifesaver for a lot of customers. I mean, yes, a lot of stuff's in the cloud now, whether it be Google Drive, Dropbox, OneDrive, whatever, but still just having an image of that customer's machine or having even a cloud backup of their documents is huge. And in some senses, that could be five, 10 bucks a month that you're putting in your pocket on each machine. Um, me personally, I use MSP 360 for client desktops and then we're a data shop for server cloud backups. Um, are you still using a Cronus, uh, Marco, or are you looking at other solutions? I, I am still using a Cronus, and um, I think the price point's very nice. The dashboard is very user-friendly, and a lot of them, clients that we use, we manage it. So it's even better, you know, with, with that. Plus, it has all the cyber protection and ransom protection and all that 
right good fun stuff as they say which it's, as we as we talked about in the last podcast ransomware protection is a uh, big thing right now yeah it's a little bit of a hot topic <laughs> <laughs> and uh what about you ray I, I i i'm sorry i cannot remember what you use for cloud backups so we we use a lot of carbonite for our machines it's it's a simple product it's you know scalable it, it just works yeah yeah absolutely i mean i have a few customers that we they already had carbonite so we brought that in and, and it's been working great for us no no complaints on my end with carbonite um so another thing i want to talk about is both of you i mean i don't do this but both of you touch multi-tenant customers you, you work a lot with a lot of them and one thing you were talking about ray was coming in and reselling different services for those multi-tenant customers. How, how does that work? Yeah. So I, hold on here. Sorry. I thought my no microphone problem. was off again. One of these no days problem. I'm going to get this right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we partnered with a company up in Connecticut, a company called digital media. Um, and we resell TV phone and internet to our residential buildings. It's, you know, the same triple play that, you know, your, your ISPs would give you, except we're able to do it at a much low much lower cost, you know, point. Right. So, you know, take some of our senior living buildings, for example, you know, for 30 bucks, we can sell them internet, uh, you know, includes their Wi-Fi. for, you know, 10, 15 bucks, we can give them a phone and for, you know, I don't know, we'll call it 30 bucks for TV service. You're still under that, you know, hundred dollars that, you know, Comcast, Verizon, Spectrum, Optolink, they'll give you, you know, for the first year, but after that first year, it's two, $300. We're staying at that same price point. So it's, it's a great lower cost solution and it enables us again to increase that, you know, monthly revenue again. And it's a great service. And and they're able to put a face to the name. I mean, it's, it's not just random person at random call center that you're calling when you have that issue and they're literally reading a script and telling you to do X, Y, and Z. They call you, they're talking to the person who did that install for them. Yeah. So, so, so they're going to be able to get that taken care of. You're going to give them that kind of friendly touch, the friendly conversation that you're not going to get with a grumpy call center person from Spectrum, Verizon, whoever it might be. Yeah, and it, it's a real revenue stream. And when I say real revenue stream, so one of my clients is a senior living facility and we have the solution in their their property it's servicing about 300 units, 300 apartments. Last year, they made over $70,000, not in revenue, in profit on the wow. system. Wow. So for them, that was something they were just giving the business to a Comcast or a Verizon for. Yeah. Now they're able to resell these services to their residents. And again, $70,000 to a, a non-for-profit company is real money. Right. And, and they're going to so, think, okay, Ray was able to make us this $70,000. I'm going to recommend Ray to my friends. I'm going to recommend Ray to all of our partners that we work with. And in turn, it's going to get you more business. It, and, it, and it does. I mean, we've definitely had our our ability to have our foot in the door in quite a few different places just because of that solution. So it's a nice yeah, way. No, that That's awesome. So Marco, are you able to do anything like that? I mean, you're in the tri-state area. So, I mean, you're bombarded with the big boys. Are you able to sell any services like that in some of your high rises and multi-tenant? Well, it's it's tough around here 
because like you said, you do have the, the gorillas of the world over here with uh, carriers, you know, ISPs. And a lot of people are a little reluctant to go with other carriers. I, I was actually, uh, I've been in talks with Stephen Clarent from Atlantic Metro about doing some multi-tenant stuff with us and getting some packages together. But um, we've in the past have looked at it and there's obviously plans in place for, for a dealer relationship and you would go the direct, well, not the direct route, but you go through like a broker essentially. So uh, I've looked at it. I, I don't really know if it's something that's really beneficial. Um, it's not something that I've really dug into heavily just because I don't know if there's really that big of a, not necessarily a market in it for us or, or, or a big profit for it. It may start to create, not necessarily a headache, but they may, you know, the client may say, hey, my internet's not working. And then they call us because right. they're, we're the ones that gave it to them, you know. So it's a little, it's a little tough with that uh, sector, I guess, if you will. But it is something that I, I've thought about. But what Ray has uh, set up with, you know, um, his partners there, that sounds like a great thing for really everybody. Yeah, everybody absolutely. can benefit on it, you know. Absolutely. And I mean, one thing I'd, I'd love to touch on is I don't know if a lot of companies realize this. You can partner with those big boys. You can partner with the Spectrums. You can partner with the Verizons, the Comcast, the Frontiers of the World and become a reseller partner of them. You go and sell your customer, say, Internet. You're going to get a kickback for that sale. And that's another way to do it. If you can't come in and sell a package like Ray has for phone, Internet, TV, partner with Spectrum, partner with Frontier, partner with whoever's in your area and become a reseller of those products. So you're going to make some money off of that sale. So you're going right. to go and you just have to be careful, you know, because some of them will give you like a one time cost and then you're out. You know, they'll give you yeah. whatever X amount per. Right. You just have to watch. Like I always say, it's very hard to trust the the uh, the superpowers over there, if you will, in that in that sector. So oh, yeah, you just no. want to be aware, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just want to make sure everybody knows that, that that's an option out there. I mean, we've we've used it with Spectrum for many, many years and it's it's benefited us. Um and I, I, I've been very happy with it. they haven't they haven't screwed us yet, I should say, knock on wood. Um never tried it with Frontier. Don't think I ever will try it with Frontier because I don't trust Frontier. <laughs> I, I don't trust anything they're doing. I mean, they're the one time that I had to get credentialed to get in their data center and I walk into this giant building that they own and there's a sea of cubicles and there's three people there and every single cubicles just full of boxes. I knew it was a sinking ship might not be dead yet, but it's going. <laughs> what is the biggest plan they're offering people right now? I mean, last I knew of frontier, they were like DSL more or less. So they're still DSL. Um, they in our area they will run fiber, um, and they bend over backwards on that fiber. So my customer that we were talking about earlier that has a twenty by twenty fiber circuit, I was supposed to get Spectrum in there, and Spectrum needed something like twenty k or, or something crazy because it was underground fiber. It was going about three thousand feet because of where his building is in relation to the main fiber on the main road and frontier came in and said oh we'll do the install for free don't worry about it we'll take care of all that and they came in they did the install for free 
but they sold him a 20 by 20 circuit. I didn't know when he signed it that it was a 20 by 20 circuit because he didn't tell me what we were getting from Spectrum was a hundred by hundred. So yeah, that's where your cost savings is on your monthly is the speed difference. But Frontier came in, they they installed the fiber. But what's funny about it, Spectrum is uh, 60 to 90 days for the fiber install, which no big deal. I mean, it, that's pretty average for a fiber install. Frontier was five months to get the fiber installed there because they weren't even on his road. They weren't even on the main road. So they still had to get to the main road to where they can even enter the underground to get to his building. And it was a nightmare. And they also were supposed to bring in SIP for us. Well, they don't do SIP. They can only bring in a PRI over fiber. So with Spectrum, my customer was going to go SIP into the phone system. Awesome. With Frontier, he now had to buy a $700 PRI add-on card for the phone system. So it's just like, okay, good. But other than that, I mean, Frontier is, is a is a dying, dying, dying bridge up here. Um, you still have some big companies that use it. Um, one of one of my customers has a partner company, and that partner company is Metro E, all over the place with Frontier. And Frontier also still sells Mitel phone systems, which don't get me started with those systems. That's that's something else. That's but, a whole nother MSP weekly discussion right there, oh, Brandon. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've I've gone through some headaches with Frontier and their stupid Mitel systems, but that's here nor there. Um I mean Frontier definitely knows where to make their money. Uh DSL isn't it. They're definitely making their money on the fiber and the Metro E. So that one customer I'm talking about, the one building that I know their price for the Metro E. They're paying twenty four hundred dollars a month for just that one location for the Metro E, um, and I mean it's it's insane. Um, but other than that, it's it's crappy DSL. They're really only in residential areas, but people still think because of the way that Frontier's marketed that it's cheaper than Spectrum. And what I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but everybody forgets with DSL that you also need a phone line to run the DSL. They all think that the $20 a month is your only cost for DSL. No, there's the cost of the phone line too, people. And then all the associated taxes that go with that for online. Right. right. Yeah, it's good times. So, Did, yeah, did you guys know Frontier calls it Frontier Fios, by the way? They're fiber. <laughs> yeah, talk, I think I... Talk about a trademark issue, huh? Right. <laughs> I, I, I think I've seen that. And I mean... We're in that weird realm where we're not allowed to get Verizon Fios because Frontier has a weird arrangement with our county. Verizon is in every county around us except for ours. And Frontier will not let them in. Um, so that, that's been a bit of a headache. We have Fios in Roch or sorry, in Buffalo, in Syracuse, not in Rochester. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I, I, I don't know. I, I really hope that we get it. Yeah, I mean, it's a very nice service, I have to say. You know, I've uh, I very much really uh, have transitioned from cable, you know, out here, whether it's Comcast or, or Cablevision to Fios, just because the last couple of years, they have been extremely reliable, and their customer service has changed drastically. I mean, it's mind-blowing, really. Somebody must be training them very well, because they are very very good at what they do yeah i mean uh, it's tough up here our fiber options are spectrum 
frontier or there is a local company that's doing fiber where we can get residential fiber for i think it's uh one gig down by 100 up at a hundred dollars a month but they don't have the money behind them like frontier or spectrum does so they are the slowest rollout that i've ever seen in my entire life at my old house i signed up for their service two years ago like i put the down payment to say hey i want to have you guys in my area they still haven't even started construction <laughs> on that road yet so it, it sucks that our that our options are very few and far between because if i'm going to bring fiber into my house here i just did this for one of our customers the a couple weeks ago for a 50 by 50 i had to pay 5.99 a month which i mean you guys in your fios worlds that's got to be a little insane pricing wise. Is that that's not five dollars and ninety nine cents, is it? No, 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 no. That's five hundred and ninety nine dollars a month. Mind wow. you, that is a dedicated fiber connection back to the backhaul router in Albany, but still, that is a still that's that's a little rich, as they would say, you know. Right, right. But I mean, what's their competition here? Frontier. That's it. So they right. can. So they, they, can they have charge, the market cornered. Sure. Right. Right. They they can charge whatever they want, and they do charge whatever they want. And it's just it's crazy because I see all these guys in the IT Facebook groups or even the in the LVN Slack that are talking about, oh, I just spun my customer up with half gig fiber symmetric, or I got one gig symmetric fiber, and I pay hundred and fifty dollars a month. I'm like, yes, please. I wish I could right. get that. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I have that at home. I have a gig circuit. Is it true gig all the time? No, but I'll take seven eighty. Right, right. Well, <laughs> for for seventy nine dollars a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the the local company that I was mentioning, from what I've heard, I haven't tested myself because I've never gotten my hands on it. But if you plug directly into their OTA and do a scan, you see every other OTA on the network or at least on that shared fiber network that you're connected to, which just oh, wow. kind of sketches me out. Sounds like a ubiquity firmware issue. <laughs> <laughs> we, I knew we weren't going to get a night without beating on ubiquity a little bit. I mean, we got to give it a shot every now and then, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that, that just kind of irks me a little bit. And, if you look at their pricing very closely, yeah, they're charging you $100 for residential, but they make that back up on the commercial side. So for the same uh, gig by 100 fiber circuit, it's $800 a month for business. So they know that they can hit businesses hard because the businesses have no option in our area. It's whoever you want to pay the most amount of money to is, is really what your options are in our area. It's it's insane. And, it's painful, um, though. It really is. Right, right. And you watch somebody like Linus Tech Tips on YouTube, and the guy has a 10-meg circuit into his office. I mean, it's a 10-meg circuit back to the Vancouver data center, but he still has a 10-meg circuit into his office. That is unfathomable in our area, and I don't even want to know what the price is if we tried to go that route. I, I wish we had uh, people like Stephen Clenard in our area that have those other options for for fiber and for internet. Um, but we're, we're locked down to spectrum and we're locked down to frontier and it's, it sucks. I guess, I guess it could be worse, right? It could be out in the Midwest or, 
or the, the, the Dakotas, for example, and you have to have a, a wisp and you're getting True. five meg. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, you've been up in the Adirondacks. If you drive around in some of those small towns, you'll see the signs for dial up internet still call this number and we'll hook you up with a 56 K circuit. And it's guys <laughs> like us that are reselling these small little tiny DSL circuits or um, dial up services for these customers. It's wild. It's really wild to think that that's still available and, and even usable. You know? Right. Right. I mean, we really take it for granted. We'll be driving up to like Lake Placid and you'll get into the, some of these small towns and you just lost all cell reception on Verizon. It's like, what do you people do up here? I mean, it's beautiful. It's awesome, but the world's online. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> the world is connected, people. <laughs> I would just love to know how a like an Office 365 or a OneDrive, you know, esque type situation would work. I mean, that thing has to be syncing a Word doc for three days. Right. Right. I I can I can only imagine. I mean. Ooh, we're really lucky being in the bigger cities. I, I, I love the Adirondacks and I wish I could live up there, but I definitely would need to be completely out of this business to <laughs> live up there. It, it, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I, I don't get it at all. And uh, to, to each their own. I mean, I'd love to live in the mountains, but I need to be in the right mountains. I'd like to be in like Whistler Blackcomb where you could be what, six seven thousand feet above sea level and i still have four bars on my cell phone and i have lte because there's a cell tower on the top of the mountain that's the type of mountain living that i want so what would you do if if not for it oh gosh i i don't know i i've i've been doing this since i was a kid i mean my family's owned an electronics store for 40 years. I'm 35. So all I've known is electronics. Um, at one point in time, we did have the recycling company and the surplus sales, which we still have our own portion of it. But I mean, that would be the other avenue I would have went in was doing the surplus sales and the um, e-scrap stuff. But uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I had a recording studio with one of my best friends for years. And my business started getting crazier and crazier. And I just couldn't devote the time needed for that. He's doing amazing. Um, he's worked with Daughtry. He's worked with Lady Gaga. He's worked with, um, oh gosh, why am I spacing? Uh, the lead singer of Foreigner, Lou Graham. Lou Graham. Uh, worked with him a lot. I mean, he grew up with Lou Graham, oddly enough. But he's doing great. We definitely went on our separate ways. But that would probably be the other thing I'd try to working is something in music to be completely honest. That's good. Mark, what about you? What would you do if, if not for enterprise CC? I, I'd probably have to have like a automotive performance shop because it's one of my big hobbies is uh, cars, boats, go fast things, as they say. <laughs> now, speaking of go fast things, I hate to go off topic, but has anybody seen the new Hummer and what are your thoughts on the new Hummer? Oh, you mean GM bringing back the name? <laughs> yeah, the name, and then putting EV at the end of it, and saying, "Okay, it's a hundred and twenty thousand dollars Cybertruck." Well, it goes back to the original H one, right? When they made them civilianized, they were a hundred and twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, be very interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, but going up against the Cybertruck, do you think they're going to be able to do anything? Well, let's see what the Cyber 
Cybertruck actually is when it comes out because nobody knows what it's actually going to become. <laughs> we do know you shouldn't throw a lead ball at the window, though. We did learn that. We we learn, and you'll learn it the hard way again. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Well, on that note, I think we should uh, wrap things up for tonight. Anything else, gentlemen? Well, we got to ask Ray what he would do if he wasn't an MSP. Oh, that's true. I am sorry, so Ray. Rude. I am so I, sorry. I, I, you know, guys, it's 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 okay. In my um, I've been up before. Yeah, it's all good. I would, uh, I would definitely open a food truck. I, um, I, I think that's where I'd go. So, Marco, I, I might be having some conversations with a friend of yours. <laughs> that might be where I would go. I mean, if anybody follows Ray on Instagram at Libertas Ray, watch for his hashtag. What is it, Libertas Eats? Is uh, yeah, your food hashtag? Yeah, it's it's Libertas eats it. So you know, kind of a spinoff of technology, Libertas <laughs> eats it. So yeah, I mean, I, I get a little, I get a little creative. I've told you many a times that your cooking is amazing, and I wish I lived not twelve hours away. <laughs> I told you, man. I'm always, I'm always willing to freeze you some stuff and ship it. You let me know. But if you ever make it back down to Sesame Place with the girls, I'll take care of you. I've already told my wife that if I make it back down to Sesame Place, I need a night or two by myself to go to go meet up with you and have a few drinks. So, I mean, hopefully in Perfect. the next next year or two, we'll be able to make it back down there. But yeah, I mean, I could definitely see you working in the food industry. I mean, you're an amazing cook just for being a self-trained cook. I mean, if we put a little schooling behind you, I can only imagine what you'd be able to do. I, you know what? If you put a little school behind me, I might hate it. I do it for fun now, but once it becomes a profession and once it becomes important, I probably hate it. So who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, and I think it also <laughs> depends on where you're working, who you're working for, just like anything else. Yep. That's it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you on the next one. Have a great night. Great, guys. Good talking to you. See you guys. And that concludes this episode of MSP Weekly. In the next episode, Ray and I sit down with Blake, the founder of the LVN, and we discuss how the three of us all got our start in IT and why Blake founded the Low Voltage Nation. If you would like to get on an episode of MSP Weekly, you can reach us at msp at thelowvoltagenation.com. And now I would like to take a second to talk about one of the great LVN sponsors, IT Pro TV. One way that I keep up with the ever-changing landscape of IT is by using IT Pro TV. They have over 5,500 hours of content from Cisco-related content, Microsoft-related content, AWS, Azure, Apple, you name it, they have it. And to save 30% on your monthly membership to IT Pro TV, use the offer code LVN30. And that concludes this episode. And as we always say, we hope this helps you carve out your career in IT.